Hi, this is Randy Wimmer, and welcome back to the Entrepreneur Sound Off. Today's topic is finding the right mentor for your specific case and industry. Now, I know that sounds incredibly trivial. You've got all these different things you're trying to do as a founder, you're launching a company, and that sounds like, honestly, it sounds like bullshit. It really does. That's way too touchy-feely to make it seem like it's relevant to you. Well, I'm going to give you one example. One example that's going to show you that it's not quite as touchy-feely as what you might think and that it can have some pretty significant dramatic impact um, upon your decision-making as a business. As a small business owner, uh, and I'm going to use the federal government contracting industry um, for an instance here, um, you, if you go to your large business executive, Bubba's, you know, these people, they're executive vice presidents at Northrop Grumman, Lockheed Martin, General Dynamic IT, Khaki, pick your senior executive that you're looking up to for mentorship. Now, almost to the T, each one of them will say, you got to shape the, the requirement. You got to shape the RFP. Well, that is just beautiful. You know, I <laughs> I used to do that, too, because I actually started out on the big business side. I started out, you know, as a uh, as a, a strategic capture manager for Unisys. Then I went to um, L3, which now is L3 Harris. I, I I was that senior executive at these, you know, these big time multi-billion dollar companies. And when you're investing literally tens of millions of dollars into a bid, yeah, you better believe that's your intent. You want to you wanna make this thing as, um, you want to grease the skids as much as possible. I'll just say it that way. To make sure that things are going to very easily go your way. Now, the advice that I would have given myself way back in the day would have been dead wrong. Would have been completely wrong. Because... I actually had to learn how to become a small business owner um, because I was still looking at my large business um, experiences and I was trying to apply that for small businesses. So this is the mentoring that I would have given myself and I guarantee you that 99% of very senior executives at these large multi-billion dollar federal government contracting companies provide small business owners. You got to shape the requirement. Well, that's a little bit easier said than done. If you're IBM, you simply pick up the phone, talk to somebody who, um, you know, is very high up in the government because they all want to talk to you because you're, you know, you're sexy big blue. You're IBM. Um, and if you say that you got a new technology or new capability and you'd like to share it with them, it's like a field day on the federal government side of the house. You know, it's like, oh, hey, let's pack a lunch and listen. You know, hopefully they'll invite us over to their facilities. Well, wouldn't that be so much fun? Wow, we get to go visit Big Blue. We get to go see IBM. And that's how they shape the requirement. They go and they say, oh, we got all this capability and, you know, your future requirement. It should require that you do what our capabilities just demonstrated is possible. And then, you know, all these federal government, you know, they um, they walk back to their corporate offices and on the federal government side of the house, you know, with this burning crush for IBM and say, oh, wow, you know, IBM's so beautiful. And and absolutely, that needs to be a requirement, that latest and greatest whiz bang that IBM came up with. And 
Next thing you know, they write that in there, and IBM wins it because they're the only one who has that capability. Now, that capability may or may not even be relevant, but it wowed them. And uh, the point I'm trying to make is, is that if you're IBM, if you're Northrop Grumman, you're Lockheed Martin, you better believe that you can get an audience. Now, I want you to think of, you know, the most obscure named small business that you can think of. And I want you to try to get that same audience. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Believe me when I say that. It is not going to happen. There has only been once that I've been able to actually get in as a small business executive to help shape the requirement. And there's two variables that really kind of enabled that to happen. One is that the requirement that was coming out was a was a, was a bundled up uh, set of multiple contracts uh, that they wanted to integrate, but they had small businesses, you know, doing doing all of these things. But when they bundled them up, now it became a little terrifying to the government. They bundled that thing up to a hundred and fifteen million dollar prime contract, and then they started getting a little antsy, like, oh my gosh. That's really big for a small business. This is the, the integration piece of it is really big, you know, really difficult, really challenging. So they were open to listening to, to small businesses. And we still wouldn't have gotten in to, to, for an audience had it not been for our relationship with Northrop Grumman Task. Northrop Grumman Task had the relationship with the contract, um, with the contract folks on the federal government side. And they're the ones who got, who made the introduction and got the meeting for us. Um, only time. Been in the, been in this industry as an executive for, you know, 20 plus years. Only once was I able to get into quote unquote shape a requirement for a small business. And I've won, you know, over $2 billion worth of federal government contracts and over 400 million in the small business set aside, you know, contract world. And only once was I able to get in there and actually quote unquote shape the requirement like you would as a big business executive would do. So this big business executive, he's going to tell you to do that. And then he's going to say, if you can't do that, then you shouldn't bid. <clears throat> now, I'm just going to jump jump to the end here and tell you that you're not going to be able to do it. Therefore, you should never be able to bid. That is not a, a sound strategy to launch a small business, never bidding. So even though that it seems like that person, that senior executive at Northrop Grumman should be able to show you how to do it, how to do it well, I'm going to tell you this. There is a big difference. A very, very big difference between doing this work and the uh, small business arena versus the full and open, you know, large business, you know, side of the house. Completely different, completely different strategies, everything. And I'll, I want you to think about that. That mentor, that mentor at IBM, he's at least in your industry. That Lockheed Martin executive vice president, he's at least in the federal government contracting industry. It's impossible to find really good mentors in your specific, you know, specific niche, that small business world. Um, and the deal is, is they're willing to talk to you for the most part. Now, they're crazy busy, 
you know, they're, they're a lot busier than those executive vice presidents at Northrop Grumman and Lockheed Martin. And they may be a little bit hands offish at some point once they start perceiving you as a threat because we're all small businesses. And let's be honest with ourselves, you know, you're a potential competitor. Uh, and this is a contact sport, but for the most part, uh, most of the small business owners that I, that I know, and I certainly did this, uh, will talk to you and point you in the right direction. So, uh, but that's the most important thing that you can get. And I feel, I, you know, and I suffered through this. I would, I would go to Barnes and Noble. Now, this is before Amazon really took off, so I'm dating myself a little bit, but I would go to Barnes and Noble and I would desperately look for books. Um, you know, written by, by, by mentors that were relevant to me. And I realized that, uh, there's in essence one, two, three. Yeah. There's about three different types of, um, business books that are out there nowadays. There's the celebrity CEOs. You know, we're talking about the Bill Gates, the Warren Buffett, the Elon Musk, uh, Bezos at, at, at Amazon's. And you're looking at these people. Now, these people caught lightning in a bottle. They were there at the right time in the right place. And what most people don't, don't realize or they have forgotten is they were at the right place at the right time with a whole bunch of networking, a whole bunch of cash that 99.999% of us uh, don't have. So right time, right place, right advantages. And Unless you were born with a silver spoon in your mouth, uh, and you had some pretty significant opportunities that, that the normal person didn't have. You don't, you don't do that. You don't do that crazy, um, leave, leave Harvard, um, and, and launch a company that, that transforms how we, how we interact with each other. It just doesn't happen. Um, for example, Bill Gates. You know, everybody thinks, and, and I got a lot of respect for Bill Gates. He's one of the actual, you know, people, a uh, handful of people that actually follow. Uh, his mother actually sat on the same board as the CEO of IBM and convinced him to take a risk, you know, on, on her son's, um, you know, new company, Microsoft. Not many people have a parent who's sitting on the same board as the CEO of IBM when you're launching a technology company. Same way with Jeff, Jeff Bezos. Now, I got a ton of respect for him, too. He took the advantages that he had, and he ran with it. But he got over $300,000 in seed capital from his parents alone. And that's before he started passing the hat around to his rich friends. I tell you, um, if you don't have to go and give away, you know, vast majorities of your company and control of your company to get, to, to get a few hundred thousand bucks to get started... You're ahead of the, you're ahead of the power curve. Warren Buffett again, tremendous respect for Warren Buffett. But most people forget that he was the son of a powerful congressman who owned an investment company. I'm telling you, these people had advantages that most people don't. Elon Musk, you know, his dad owned an emerald mine in South Africa. You know, so you're looking at these people. And you're saying, if they did it, then I should be able to do it. Well, maybe you could do it if you had a lot of these same advantages that they had. Um, but most people gloss over that. Now, hey, I commend each and every one of those people that I just referenced because they had the opportunity. And even though they had advantages, they leveraged them and they got it done. 
they did it. So I don't hold these. I don't hold the fact that you that these people had advantages against them. You know what I'm trying to say though is is you can't compare an apple to an orange. Uh, you know, <laughs> if you're if you're an apple and you're trying to make applesauce, hey, that's not too bad. To, you know, that's not too bad of a task. If you're an orange and they're telling you how to make applesauce, well, guess what? It's not going to happen. So that's the first group, and this group. Um, you know, they, they really motivate you and things like that. And they make it seem so easy because, well, let's be honest with you, you know, hey, they made billions. How hard should it be to make just a handful of millions? You know, but it doesn't work that way. So, and these people would make me feel bad. They really would. You know, uh, they would give, they would provide some type of pithy advice about quality and this, that, and the other. And I'm thinking like, man, I'd like, how do you do payroll? <laughs> how, how do I figure out how to do that? So I'm like, you know, I was looking for more actionable stuff than these CEOs could provide. Now, the next group were the uh, of, of books that I was seeing and, and possible mentors were these motivational speakers. And, you know, again, I'm not going to be critical. Um, if you get your if you get your mindset um, in the right place, you can go out and do a lot of great and wonderful things. But, you know, uh, I I just don't think that um, that understanding your why and getting in touch with your inner self is is quite as concrete advice as what I'd want to hear. And these successful business you know gurus, and I'm talking about like the, the likes of Tony Robbins, you know they're. They're very successful telling other people how to launch companies and be very successful. And the only actual concrete information that they have about any industry is in the telling other people how to get rich industry. You know, because you know, I, I don't I don't think that Tony Robbins actually started the federal government contracting industry or launched an IT um, or technology company or a services company or anything like that before he started sharing how to become rich. Uh, you know, his, his secret sauce and how to do that. So, and then the final group and man, bless their souls. I am so glad that they're on our team. It's this whole wave of these special ops, uh, warriors. And these people, you know, they got a lot to say, uh, a lot of positive, great and wonderful things to say about leadership. But I start to question their level of knowledge when they start getting into the business side of the house. You know, not a single one of those people have ever had to, to manage a profit. Not a single one. Um, and it's hard to take business advice from somebody who's trying to relate how to do a snatch and grab operation and how to, you know, reduce your operating costs um, or expand into a new market space. So, um, again, leadership, absolutely. Absolutely. These, the military, um, it's a petri dish to experiment, um, and to, to learn, um, and, or to hone your, your leadership skills. So hopefully, um, I'd like to believe that my, my time in the military had actually helped me become a better leader, but, um, that's, that's to be seen. It, it didn't really help me that much with business though. So those are the three categories, three broad categories of folks. Um, that that are available out there, and each one of them, I, I you know, they have the potential to make you feel bad. <laughs> they really do. Like you're not getting it done. And again, um, 
these, you know, these senior generals, you're, you're thinking like, oh my gosh, you know, he's a three-star general or four-star general and he was, he was commanding an army and, you know, but yeah, that's, that's impressive. And I, and I give them that. That's totally impressive. But I, I had, had a couple of interviews where I was looking for an advisory board at one particular time. And, um, then I was looking for chief operations officer and, and I was talking with a, a very senior, uh, general, you know, retired general officer. And, and I was really starting to probe him how he would handle certain situations. And, you know, the guy got frustrated with me and he says, look, he says, you know who I am. You know what I've done, you know, and why are you questioning me about how I would lead and manage? And I, I said, you know, sir, I, I hate to say this, but I said, you know, you, you were the conductor on a train. You were pulling a hundred cars. You know, you're pulling a mile long train that you're responsible for it. But people were giving orders to your command. You didn't have to recruit them and find them and hire them. You didn't have to compensate them. You know, you didn't have to declare war on anybody. You were just told where to go and where to fight. You know, you didn't have to make your own weapon systems. Uh, they were given to you. You didn't go out there and, de- and, and establish it, you know, partnerships and alliances. They were already done. They were, that was done by the State Department. In fact, you were given a set of orders and you executed them, you know, and, and I, and I liken small business leadership. I said, you know, uh, what I'm asking you to do is be the guy driving around in a, in a, in a beat up Ford Pinto with a bad clutch and no map. And, you know, your experience is, is, you know, pulling the lever on a, on a mile long train that's, you know, guided on tracks. And there's, there's a little bit of difference. Both are, are very, you know, significant jobs, but they're also completely different. And just because you can do one doesn't necessarily mean that you can do the other one. And I, I remember, that, uh, I, I can't remember who the guy was, um, but, um, this, this ambassador, he was visiting this aircraft carrier and the guy, the, uh, the commanding officer of the aircraft carrier was asking him a ton of questions. He said, like, you know, hey, I'm getting out here, you know, shortly and I would love to, you know, I'd love to learn more about how, how to become an ambassador and things, you know, uh, what, uh, you know, what should I do and how should I proceed doing it? And, you know, the ambassador, he probably had about enough of that. And he says, you know what? He says, I was thinking about commanding an aircraft carrier. You could, could you kind of give me some insights on how to do that? And the guy chuckles, you could never, you know, you have no experience to, to, to lead, uh, an aircraft carrier. And the, the ambassador just looked at him sideways and said, yep. And what's your experience to, to be an ambassador representing the United States, you know, in a foreign country and setting policy? So, uh, just because both jobs are big doesn't mean that they're interchangeable. Now, getting back to what I'm saying is, um, I'm telling, I, I, I would like to, I'd like to tell you some of the, the fallacies of, um, looking for big company, federal government contracting company executives and using them exclusively as mentors. Winning work as a multi-billion dollar company and winning work as a startup, completely different. How, uh, the risks that you're going to be taking as a startup, completely different risk tolerance. You know, your risk appetite is completely different than what, uh, you know, a multi-billion dollar IBM would be. So what you have to do is you've got to filter whatever advice that you get from that senior executive through the lens that they're in a completely situation that you're in.
Ideally, what you want to do is you want to find a small business owner, uh, you know, a successful one, and you want to, you know, get as much of that person's time as possible because it is absolutely priceless. It is so much more efficient to hear about their mistakes rather than making those same mistakes yourself and having to recover from them. And that's kind of the point of today's discussion. Uh, if you don't go out there and knock on these doors of these small business um, companies, you're never, ever, ever going to find the right kind of mentors. It's too easy. Uh, I, I tell my kids, if it's too easy, um, it's probably the wrong choice. It's too easy just to go to Barnes & Noble, go to the business section, pick up three or four books and say, oh, there's my mentoring. Um, because again, you're going to get, you're going to get the, you know, the spec ops warrior, you know, saying about how he wakes up and eats a couple snakes before he swims 25 miles and how that's essential. Um, uh, you're, or you're going to get the motivational guru that's going to say, you got to, you got to get in touch with your inner self and to believe in your dreams and, and, or you're going to be listening to or reading about these CEOs that are in charge of companies, leading companies that are larger than many second world countries are in, uh, in the world today. So completely different, completely different challenges, everything. You got to find those people, those small business owners in your industry. Now, we've been talking about the federal government contracting industry here today, but this applies to all industries. You got to find the people that you want to emulate. Find those people. You know, and get as much information as you can from them. Learn from them. And shockingly, many of these people will share their insights with you. So that's all I have for today. Um, I, I, I hope this, uh, this helps you out. Uh, I know it's not what a lot of people want to hear that a lot of the people that, you know, perhaps you've been taking advice from and mentorship from are probably not the best people to be doing it. Um, you know, I know that's never easy to take, but, uh, I think it's ultimately the, the best thing for you in the long run is to take a step back and figure out, you know, who the hell should I be emulating? And that gets to a bigger discussion that we'll talk about some at some other point is, is if you don't know what success looks like to you, and if you can't actually find a person who who is living that success right today, then you haven't defined it. You haven't defined your end game yet. You haven't defined your goals and objectives properly because uh, you should be able to to at least, you know, it's going to be hard to find these people, but you should at least be able to identify the people who have achieved the success that you want to achieve. So um, again, hope this helps and I'll see you in the next one. Talk to you soon.